2024 and it is reds country radio coming back at you uh getting ready for the next season the reds are apparently pretty much done making moves so time to talk about it before we uh have a little spring training episode but uh figured the Bengals have disappointed us long enough and it's time to talk baseball again so let's do it i'm donnie we got steve and rob with us boys how's it going looking at spring training tickets today so that's how it's going uh there's two games that are right by my house uh back-to-back weekends the reds are going to salt river fields to play the rockies one weekend and then the diamondbacks the next weekend so um that is the one that my the park that my fiance likes the most so i think that is where we will be going there you go first and foremost boys i hope you guys had a merry christmas and a happy new year i've been looking forward to getting back on and talking shop so let's get after it i love it absolutely the same to you rob been a good one very casual one for me but uh yes. yeah casual okay that's good that's good well i told you uh, i haven't been doing much i i'm starting a new job so uh rob that's the update i gave steve a second ago but oh. i i quit my last job two weeks ago and i start my next one on monday so i've had a lot of time to chill congratulations thank you perfect Let's hope the uh the reds have some good luck as well in the new year so um so as i said the reds just kind of you know they always talk about after there's a new signing they you know they always ask like well what's next uh there certainly seems like there could be room in the budget but uh nick crawl i believe came out and said kind of seems like this is going to be it uh at least for major signings they might add more to the bullpen i think it literally did add a minor league signing to the bullpen after he said that but uh with the reds signing of uh frankie montes going official from the from the yankees He's a uh, starting pitcher. He's a righty. Uh, that seems like they'll be done. They've added two two potentially starting pitchers, Frankie Montas, Nick Martinez, uh, who could go both in the bullpen as well. And they and in the bullpen, they've added Emilio Pagan. They re-signed Buck Farmer. And then uh, as far as position players go, we let a few go, which we'll talk about. And we added Jamer Candelario. So those are the big uh, big set pieces that have been added or subtracted from the team. Subtracted would be... Senzel and Votto, I think, are the most notable ones. Kurt Casale, uh, TJ Hopkins as well. I think we um, let Derek Law go in the, in the pitching staff. I was actually just looking at that to see if we, we had kept him. He was one name I wasn't sure on. So thank you, Rob. He was a 40-man. Uh, uh, or a non-tender, sorry. Excuse me. Right. There were a bunch of those, and I, I remember I was a little more up on them when they were happening. But, hey, can't, can't, I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only human. It's just uh, football right, so, season, you know. Yeah, it's football. We got we got football to care about, or at least pretend to care about. Now I got college basketball that's going to make me sad. So, I'm just ready. a couple more months till baseball's back. Thank God. Well, my my football teams are doing good, boys. So, okay, all right, Rob, can, let's uh, not rub that you, in. You can miss me at those football blues this season. <laughs> okay. 
uh, Bengals had the hardest schedule in like league history or something. So whatever. Um, anyway, let's let's talk baseball. Give me your thoughts. Let's talk uh, rotation first. I think the pitching staff is the most interesting part of you know what's changed in the offseason here. You know, we we were kind of leaving last season with a couple injury problems, but going into hopefully having a healthy, really like six or seven guys already that could be in the mix for you know, the rotation. And we signed two more. Uh, depth is always good. Veterans are always good. Uh, Steve, Rob, give me your thoughts on the rotation additions and how do you think it'll all shape out? Well, to start things off, the, the first flash the Reds made was signing Nick Martinez to the two-year deal. I believe it was a two-year, twenty-six million dollar contract. He gives you a lot more. He gives you versatility. Uh, he can be that kind of swingman role you're looking for. In a, I, I anticipate personally he's going to come out of the bullpen, um, but he can start a game for you if need be. The the rash of injuries the Reds had last year, the pitching staff. I, he's he's going to make probably. Uh, I think five to 10 starts, I think at some point this year, uh, the next day they ended up signing Emilio Pagan. I believe that was at a one-year deal, two-year deal, uh, two years, 16 million. I believe they were, was it, was it his contract and Karen Mario's contract? Were they both like identical contracts roughly? Yeah, it was similar numbers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after they signed Pagan, Pagan, he's going to be a bullpen guy. Uh, I believe the Reds basically have him penciled in, in the bullpen. Um, then after they signed Pagan, they made a splash for the bat, getting Yimer or it's a Jamer Candelario. Yep. And then they would kind of went dormant for a couple of days and they picked up Frankie Montes. So uh Martinez and Pagan, I'm looking forward to them definitely bolstering the pitching staff. Steve, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I think uh Montas is a high upside play. Um he was one of those guys where uh you know, during the twenty season that like I was kind of just you know, watching a lot of baseball and really keeping up with it. And he didn't really have that great of a year that year, but the pre like people who were in the know during baseball from like 2018 to 21 know about Frankie Montas. And he mm-hmm. was really good, really solid in those years. And, you know, obviously kind of had a down 22 with the Yankees and then either he was pitching hurt or then got hurt um, and was not really able to come back other than at 1.1 innings um, in 2023. 20, I think this is just a, an upside play, honestly, and this is about the market rate for pitchers now. And um, my guy Clay Snowden made a good point the other day. He said, "You know, would you rather have Jack Flaherty for one year, fourteen million, or pay the two million extra and get Frankie Montas?" And I think we've seen Flaherty not really come back. For example, after he had a really good twenty nineteen, not really been the same since. Montas has shown that ability at least more recently, and at least while he was in Oakland, to have good stuff and you know a pretty heavy splitter guy uh if he can just keep the ball down in great american ballpark and keep the ball out of the yard uh from going out of the yard then he, he has a chance to be a good pitcher here i also like the mutual option apparently those don't get, really get picked up that much but i think it's a good thing too just because there's there's probably not really like much of a sweet spot where both the team and the player want it but I think it's a good thing to have at least another solid starting pitcher to give yourself more time to get your younger guys more up to speed with that rotation. And um, Don, I'd be interested as our resident pitcher on the show. Um, Martinez spent a lot more time last year coming out of the bullpen. Um, and he, that's more of his role, right? As a bullpen guy, rather than a uh, cement starter. But do you like that ability for him to be able to go back and forth? It seems like, 
that he's one of the few guys in baseball that can do both pretty like effortlessly. Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a little hard to find those guys these days. Um, but I think that's a role that the team it could be very valuable to the team. We didn't really have that guy all last year. Ben Lively, like, got out of the pen a few times, but not he really. Saved us a couple games, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's good. I liked him. Uh, gonna miss him a little bit, but uh, who was the guy we had maybe a couple seasons ago? I feel like did that more. Uh, but Jeff uh, Hoffman. Hoffman is that, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, I think it helps to have a, a long man like that, uh, or at least someone you think of that way. Uh, he's kind of a better pitcher than uh, like an innings eater that would come in and blow out. But uh, that's the role that you typically associate with like a long man. But if you have an injury problem or, uh, you know, anything happens, that being at that depth, being able to step up or just being able to fill innings is really valuable. Uh, yeah. And like Rob said, I don't see him coming out of the, the, the uh, rotation to start. I uh, think it'd be a great bullpen name. Uh, and honestly, you know, I'm a little, <laughs> I'm confused by the Frankie Montas signing. I think it's sixteen million dollars. It seems like a lot, but I guess these days that's that's not crazy. Uh, you know, the upside might be great, but I think the I, I think the upside is pretty good with like seven guys we already had. Uh, and obviously, there's injury concerns with pretty much all of them, uh, especially like Hunter Green and uh, and Nick Lodolo, but. Well, Graham Ashcraft, I guess, too. Uh, but I, you know, if if Montas starts in the rotation, who are you kicking out? I mean, I guess it's going to be Brandon Williamson. Uh, but I think he's good enough to be starting at, in the major league level. I think he had a great uh, end of the year. Once he kind of figured some things out, he was one of our most consistent pitchers. Uh, and some guy who were paying $16 million is a lot of money who had been hurt, and we have no idea if he can return to form or not. I feel like a lot of the times, those kind of signings don't really pay out, especially for us. Uh, although we're not usually spending sixteen million, we're usually spending like five million and hoping that works out. So, I guess he's higher upside. But uh, Steve, did you have a thought there? Yeah. So I just wanted a, a quick a list off. This is the Fangraphs projected uh, opening day rotation: uh, Green, Ashcraft, Montas, uh, Abbott, and Martinez as the five. Although I could see Martinez maybe starting out in that five. And like I said. Getting uh, going to the bullpen as you know one of your younger arms uh, feels a little bit better, uh, or maybe is able to prove themselves again in AAA. Um, but Donnie, I kind of responded. Are we expecting Lodolo to not be ready? Yeah. So right now they okay. are projecting okay. Lodolo to start in AAA along with Williamson, uh, Phillips, and Stout. And I think we kind of well, saw. Well, okay. That... Is he the Reds realistically wouldn't just start Lodolo in AAA? I think that's like. No, I'm sorry. They're not starting him there. I'm I'm thinking that's probably like an injury thing. Like yeah, so. okay. Yeah, that just, it's, that it's, just makes you think of the uh, yeah. the clown that thinks uh, Ellie De La Cruz has to like have a good spring training or to make the roster, which is just the craziest yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I saw he was invited onto that uh, foul territory show. I was like, man, they must be uh, scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. You can have us on foul territory. Yeah, we'll right. come on, on your show. I want to talk to Todd Frazier. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think Lodolo would probably be just coming off that injury. I am kind of interested though, to see like if Martinez, like, you know, can give them a few starts at least in the start of the year. And then as they feel more confident in Williamson or Connor Phillips, Nick Lodolo, one of those guys, maybe they give them the opportunity to come back up and Martinez to the bullpen. There's, there's obviously pitchers now in 2024, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be time, guys that have to miss some time. So there's going to be movement. I don't 
I just think it's a good thing though, Donnie, to have like that much depth and maybe not ask those young guys to be in your opening day starting rotation. Kind of goes the old, the old, uh, the old football adage competition breeds success and the cream will rise to the top. Iron sharpens iron, you know, that old chestnut. All right. Other short-term deals. uh, (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad we didn't sign some veteran to a four-year deal. Even, uh, Pretty much anyone short of Shane Bieber, I wasn't excited about. Uh, I'm sure we tried hard to get him, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but there's really not another pitcher out there, especially if it was going to be for more than one, maybe two years, that I would have wanted because I think these young guys, uh, and like I'll say, like the second group of young guys, so like there's the uh, Ashcraft, Green, and I guess you can throw Lodolo in that, and then the next tier, uh, Abbott, Williamson, and we'll throw Phillips uh, in, in there. Uh, I think those guys deserve to be in a major league rotation or they should be getting that experience. Uh, and the Reds are kind of in a win now mode. So if Phillips, oh, Phillips looked great and I want to keep getting him uh, good opportunities. I'm sure he'll start the year at AAA and, uh, you know, make sure you get stretched out. You know, he's not a guy you want to waste away in the bullpen. Uh, he's a guy you want to have ready to pitch six innings when he needs to. Uh, but those guys, man, I feel like those guys have crazy high upside. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like back when, back in around 2015, 16, we had these pitchers coming up from the trades we made then, and they were they were never going to be better than like good and not great. Uh, but all these guys seem great, and I want them pitching as much as possible. But uh, so yes, where I'm getting at, sorry, is these young guys, especially like Williamson's only 25, 26, uh, really young for a pitcher, especially. Uh, you know, if you miss one year because we need to be in win now mode this year uh i guess that's fine we have a lot of team control on you if you spend a year in the bullpen or you spend the year coming out of triple a a little bit uh you're gonna be all right we're gonna have four more years of you after that hopefully so it's a little bit of a transition year for the pitching staff i think uh but injuries happen man it's it's interesting that i feel like pitchers are pitching less innings than they ever have and we're getting more injuries than they ever have uh i don't know what Needs Do you think to it's more there? just like they're, they're throwing like more curveballs or like they're they're like doing so much more in the offseason maybe like trying to get that perfect pitch like I I do agree. Like uh, Rob and I send memes back and forth, and it's like uh, Jim Leland debating whether he wants to send his picture in back into the eighth on like 155 pitches, and I I responded <laughs> like keep them in, you know. But I I do think it's kind of more like obviously guy like Hunter Green throwing 103 105. I don't really know if the human body has evolved to that just yet. Yeah. <laughs> Not to say the guys back then weren't throwing that hard. I just don't know if they were throwing like consistently 101, 102. So I don't know. I think these guys are like Fabergé eggs. You got to be really careful with them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have that depth and depth with guys who at least have had major league experience and got that chance last year to pitch in some big moments. Like Brandon Williamson had a, a few big games that he pitched in. Same with Connor Phillips. Same with uh, Brandon Williamson had a fantastic year in a on an 82 win team that competed for a playoff uh, spot for pretty much the entire season. And he's gonna either come out of the bullpen or AAA, which like in a way that's a good thing, right? That means you improve the rotation even better on top of that. Uh, but I'll, I'll be interested to see how it all how it all shakes out. I think it always ends up shaking out how it how it is meant to. Like all from pretty much all the like fringe guys we added last year uh, ended up being cut because better players were taking their spot. Uh, 
almost like you wish we didn't even have to do that charade, though. It's like we all knew those guys weren't going to be crazy upside. Uh, I think hopefully the additions they made this year were a little more aggressive. Uh, you know, even Jamer Candelario doesn't really excite me. All the Reds nerds have been talking about him since the end of the season and even before that. Uh, and so I'm glad it was someone that we had our eye on for a while. Uh, but I don't really know how he fits in. Uh, we added another infielder instead of an outfielder. Uh, we can get into that too. But hey, I'm not the expert, so I'll, I'll leave it to the to the team that, you know, their entire job is to put together a baseball roster. But we spent an entire year of uh, getting all these young guys as many at-bats as possible, getting as many these young guys as many chances to pitch as possible. And we kind of clogged that up a little bit in the offseason. But we spent money. We spent more than anyone else in the NL Central. And uh, even though our you know, we have that room to do that while these guys are still cheap. So I think, I guess it's a, it's a net positive, but I'm going to be the group pessimist on the signings today. I think. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I think I get, I see where you're coming from. Um, you know, just fan graphs again, uh, they don't really, they don't know everything, but they're listing, you know, Candelario is the starting day first baseman. This is the projected go-to, against uh, starting lineup against right-handed pitchers. So uh, it would be Candelario at first, McLean at second, Elliott short, Noelvi at third, um, Stevenson catching, Benson in right, Friedel in center, and Steer in left. So I'm wondering if that – well, Jake Fraley – It's a good lineup. <laughs> it's, it's not bad for sure, but I do kind of get to, Don, where um, – and I asked – uh, some of the faithful today to give us uh, their grades on the um, the Reds' moves so far, and uh, we got a lot of Bs and a lot of Cs. Um, you know, just just sensing the like the idea from the general zeitgeist is that people liked what we did, but they feel like there was just one more move we could have done, and maybe that's always just impossible with a fan base, especially one like the Reds' fan base. Uh, there's always one more move you can do, and. I, I I do like though that like and Rob tell me if I'm wrong they spent money they made the team better and they didn't give up any prospects like that they like for future years exactly and I think some of the pessimism too is I think a lot of fans were hyped up for us to make a move for a Dylan Cease or a Shane Bieber or somebody of that caliber player which truthfully you know I think they were like what you said earlier Don they were probably close to getting Bieber just the package wasn't wasn't right or they weren't willing to give up you know, one of, one of these prospects from Jonathan India or a name that's been kicked around a lot this off season. Um, and I just think some of the, some of the fan base might just feel a little slighted by that, but there's a lot to look forward to here. Like I, I overall, I probably give this probably a B. Um, this is probably a, a big pitching splash away from being an A plus off season, really. And I, I agree with that. That's a good point about, uh, the fact that we didn't give up any, uh, any young guys, essentially. Uh, I think that was probably what a lot of teams were asking for. And we didn't budge on that. And I'm very happy about that. I have pretty consistently been against, like, oh, just finding every random 31-year-old that had, like, one all-star season a couple years ago. Let's give him $20 million and make him our starting right fielder. Like, that doesn't excite me. Like, we got these young guys that are ready to play. Uh, give me a 25-year-old that has to prove himself, like, every, every time, basically. Uh, so that's always how I'm going to view things. And... You know, the fan base does need to be a little realistic. Like, we were never going to go out and get Juan Soto or anything. Uh, it's a very funny running meme about us being in the mix for Soto and uh, Otani and all that. But, 
<laughs> but realistically, it just wasn't going to happen. So you have to build from within. You have to build these young guys up, and you have to keep giving them playing time. Uh, you can't just give them playing time in what last year we'll call a transition year uh, for the team, where we we realized, oh, we got some talent here. Okay, so trust these guys. They should be your opening day starters. And you know, with the DH on that, uh, you guys are going to get plenty of at bats. Uh, that's one thing that, especially, I, I think people. Initially, too, when we signed Ken Delario, uh, it's like, okay, where where is he going to play? How do we have room to sign another infielder? But when you look at it, we actually are net, still net negative on infielders. If you count Sinzel as an infielder, uh, if you basically assume that Steer is going to be a full time outfielder, we lost Votto, uh, we lost Newman. Uh, so I mean, we're we're fine there. There there are at bats to go around, but like I want Noel V Marte playing pretty much every day. I want McLean playing pretty much every day. I want uh, Ellie De La Cruz, of course, pretty much playing every day. So that's three guys right there. Strand should pretty much be playing every day. Uh, and you have the DH to mix in, but, you know, it's still, uh, you don't want to sue injuries, but the depth is good. Uh, so, that, you know, I'm talking in circles a little bit here, but I, I want those guys to be everyday MLB players. And if that is in your factor starting lineup, Jonathan India and Jake Frailer are two pretty good guys to have coming off your bench too. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. True. I think they, that's they a, kind that's of the only thing that you see with, sorry, with uh, World Series teams, you know, we always, sometimes it's like the best team we can possibly put together has eight or nine really good guys and a quick drop off. World <laughs> Series teams have guys that would start on previous Reds teams as the third guy off the bench. Like you need that depth you need those guys to be comfortable with that role, too. I hope India is. Uh, and if India is our third, fourth guy off the bench, uh, you know, I know some fans are frustrated with him, but if he accepts that role and he continues to be a positive attitude, man, that, this team has the potential to be really good. Uh, Gerardo Paria, Para India? Uh, is that that what we're going with this year? <laughs> sure. Is that reference like five years old now? I, I, people might not know that one. I, I do think, though, Don, that... Um, just to like counterbalance your point about Candelario, I I mean, I think last year and the year before showed that he has been really able to start producing more consistently. And in a year where you've got a lot of guys that are going to be playing in their second full season uh, in the bigs, we all know, I don't want to say it, but it's a, a two word phrase and it rhymes with off moral lump. Like, uh, there, you know, there's, there's the possibility that, some of these guys are not able to match their rookie season totals. I mean, and that's why I think you probably wanted to, and like, if I was being honest, I would like to see, have seen like the Reds bring in one more veteran, like outfielder bat to really strengthen up and solidify your lineup uh, and kind of make it almost like a sophomore slump proof. Maybe try to make sure that you've got two solid guys who have proven it day in and day out, year in and year out, that they can play every day and produce for you. Just because you don't know. I mean, you you had one good year from these guys, but we saw what happened with India after his great rookie year. He kind of just has and not Stevenson. been able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. So and even I just don't. Yeah, you're right. You're right. By the way, did we mention that uh, that he left earlier? I think yeah, I, I, I briefly threw it out there. He signed with he. Yeah, we went. We, we cut him and he signed with the uh, a one year deal, I believe, yeah. with the the Nationals. With the Nationals. So he's going to sweep for him. I hope, I hope he. Uh, <laughs> I hope he has a chance to uh, to be an impact back there. I think a good fresh start will be good for him. Uh, yeah. But no, I agree with that. Um, 
it'll it'll all work itself out. Yeah, yeah, but I, that's kind of why I liked the Candelario idea, even like after people ran through it, good and bad. Um, I do think it's more kind of like a, a infield guy where Steer said and was vocal about wanting to just play wherever he could just to help the team win, which I like. Um, and you know, you're sacrificing a little bit of left field and right field defense when you've got Benson and steer out there. But the hope is probably that they're just good enough offense to provide to you so that they, you know, they can make up for their own defensive mishaps. I think I've just been so burned by the Mike Moustakas trade and the, uh, you know, whatever else, even the, uh, the Will Myers edition, like it, there's just these names that were good a couple years ago. Uh, you know, it's not like either of those guys were that old, but it happens quickly with baseball. Uh, yeah. You know, if, if you're not a legend all-star, if you're 31, you're on the downslope and paying those guys $60 million, $16 million and expecting them to be your everyday guy. Uh, it's risky. And, uh, you know, you, you don't want to get into feeling like you have to play them. And the Reds, you know, in the last couple of years have have impressed me with their ability to cut expensive guys. Uh, you know, they're going to pay him to fuck off, uh, to put it frankly. But uh, so I, that's good. But then, and, and you make a good point, too, about the sophomore slump. We've seen that happen, unfortunately. Uh, and I hope it doesn't for our guys. But you're right. It is good insurance. Uh, a lot of what I say and hope for assumes that, you know, Will Benson keeps taking a step forward. It assumes, uh, you know, Spencer Steer continues to get better. We don't know any of those things are true. Uh, and we don't know that Jamer Candelario won't even, you know, I, I'm worried about him taking a step back. Well, he could get even better too. Who knows? Baseball is such a, I think it's such a random sport year to year. It's so hard to predict who's going to be like, besides like the very top tier of guys, so hard to predict who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. And even those top tier guys like uh, Cody Bellinger was terrible for a little bit before he kind of had a resurgence. Uh, who I'm, I'm blanking on the Brewers guy that, that sucked for a second. Uh, Rowdy Tejas. No, uh, they're their best player. They're out, outfield. Oh, Yelich. Yelich. Yelich yeah. was their best. A lot of them is their best player, and he was terrible. Was it just last season for like half the season, and then he kind of figured it out. Uh, obviously, we've seen that with guys like Joey Votto get, get really hot and then really cold and, and back. So it's it's a streaky sport. It's an injury-filled sport. So more depth is good, and we didn't go with many guys. So I'll be positive, Donnie, on that one. Uh, that's a very good problem to have. Cool. All right, I feel good. I feel like, I feel like we talked through my, my qualms with, uh, with some of our, our signings. And, and sure, of course, there are, there are certain guys I would have been excited about, but... Uh, you know, like like Beaver and Cease, but I think with what we did, it was it was good move for what for what we we could have done. So yeah, well, yeah, more than serviceable, more than serviceable. How about that? And especially, also just doesn't... especially compared to the rest of the division, is what I was gonna say. I think we are trending up at the right time. Uh, I believe that that clip that went a little viral uh, from MLB Network, some of the guys talking about uh, the Reds off season. I think at one point they said the Reds were chalk in the NL Central, like. They're expecting us to be the team to beat, uh, which is pretty funny that you can, uh, I think someone else pointed out too, that you can still get the Reds for like plus 500 to win the division, which is like the third or fourth odds, I think. Uh, hey, that seems like a pretty good bet to me. 
They're uh, they are making money. The sports books are making money on saying that the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who finished in fifth place last year, will uh, win the division this year. Uh, I call well, it you, Stephen. You can't forget about the Cardinals' devil magic. Uh, it, well, it, yeah, it, it went somewhere last season, but we expect it to return. Or at least that's, well, they got I guess, Tyler the O'Neill out of there. That was their their whole problem. He he was getting into <laughs> it with the manager. wasn't hustling out. Mm. That, that he was the cancer. It was all him. It wasn't the fact that they have aging stars and. Uh, their rotation is still not very good, even though I like Sonny Gray. Um, I I don't know. I just don't really like like what they've they've done this year. So and yeah. I mean, hey, the Cubs, you know, good on them. They spent all that money on their manager, and I guess they don't have any more money to spend. So <laughs> what did any, what else even notable happened within the the division? Like, remind me if I've been distracted by football nothing. for a few months. Literally, like, uh, yeah, nothing, okay. really. Uh, the, the Brewers didn't other... do anything. The Pirates didn't do anything. The Pirates just brought uh, McCutcheon back for McCutcheon. Year that's right, so, one year. But other than that, no one else has done anything after uh, Sonny Gray signed with the Cardinals. So, yeah, really, the Reds have been one of the most active teams in the National League this offseason. Yeah. The other point I always want to bring up is, uh, you know, the Central is what it is, and we've had, especially you know, a couple seasons ago, like 2021 season, let's say, when we were like, man, just trying to make the playoffs, pushing to make the playoffs, had had a team that we felt like should have won the NL, or, you know, should have made the playoffs in the NL Central, whatever. Uh, we're, we were talking about just basically being very, barely good, barely good enough to, like, maybe win a wild card series, uh, but those teams never had a shot at World Series. And so winning the NL Central doesn't mean you're a World Series team. It doesn't mean you're a team that can go seven games in the NLCS. Like, it, it, there really is another tier there that we can't think about, okay, well, Sure, maybe we win 87 games and we win the NL Central by a couple games. That team's not ready to win a World Series. So we need to dominate the NL Central, and we need to be one of the best teams in the NL all season, uh, as as I see it, and you need to avoid injury. And uh, just being good enough to win the NL Central just isn't, you know, my expectations are higher than that. I feel like too these these moves this offseason were made with more of a purpose in mind rather than just you know throwing money sure. at an aging star just just to create intrigue for the fan base you know. I think we learned in like twenty 2020 twenty and twenty one that while that can make your team decent uh, and like guys like Bauer and uh, Sonny Gray and uh, Castellanos are fun players they're very good players. Uh, that that team is always going to be an 80 to 90 win team. It's not going to be a 90 to 110 win team like that. You really got to luck into some, some young stars, uh, maybe add one or two big pieces. And I think that's the the plan that we have now. And we're trusting these young guys. And it's so last season was so much fun for a team that didn't make the playoffs. It was one of the most fun Cincinnati sports teams. I'll say of a not, it was probably the most fun, I had rooting on a team that did make the playoffs in Cincinnati sports and, and college pro anything. Uh, many brought that, say those... uh, Go ahead, Steve. Uh, I think we're probably talking about the same tweet here, Donnie. I'm interested to hear what you were going to say, but somebody posted <laughs> a TikTok of the 2019 Reds. Is like, yeah. this team was so much fun. <laughs> the most fun 75 win team ever. Uh, yeah, all the because that was the year with all the uniforms too. So we had the sleeveless uniforms. They're doing bicep curls in the dugout and getting in fights with the pirates and whoever else. And uh, that was that was a fun year. I'll, I'll say that was a very that fun year too. Kind of for different reasons. It was all the kind of antics, which for better or worse, there. But uh, I think when you have when when the fun I'm talking about for last season was 
uh, guys hitting for the cycle and winning 12 straight games and stealing home and like genuinely playing great baseball. Kind of prefer that at the end of the day. So yeah, yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I'm not no argument from me. My this yeah. comment here might be kind of off base, but is this like David Bell's first team he's managed here with like legitimate expectations? No, I'd say that 2020 team should have had real expectations if there was a full season. I still think the Reds got right. screwed over. Yeah. I mean, obviously, everybody got screwed over by COVID. I would but say like just 2021. I that 2020 season really that was just kind of a blur. 2020 was just a blur in general. Yeah. Okay. 21, I would say had higher expectations too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I'd we agree were, with that. We I were mean, expecting that more out of that team. They really I'll they never in until the end. I'll redact that comment. Yeah. Well, but but, but I think you're right, you're right back there. You're as high as expectations have been. Uh, and again, I think that this team has a chance to have. Uh, realistically, I think those 2020 and 2021 teams were at best maybe sneak into the NLCS teams somehow, and then you know that's it. Right now, this team has the talent if they stay healthy and keep getting better uh, to compete for a World Series. I think that's very realistic to say. So that's so in a way, yes, these would be the highest expectations yet. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and just one more thing before we move on. Um, I kind of noticed this just from like looking at like our roster and just what we've built. Um, I kind of get like some D-backs vibes from this team, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing because obviously they just went to the World Series, and I became a lot more familiar with their team last year just because they were playing well, and uh, you know they had a lot of young guys, a lot of guys that they had brought up and drafted and signed, and they've got some young guys while they've also added some pieces around them as well, um, and you know obviously the Dimebacks they won eighty four games. They if they had, the Reds had only won two more games, they would have gotten in over the Diamondbacks. So like I do think that there's some similarities there between just, you know, the the young core that both teams have and the good to great pitching staffs that can be. I think I think there's a, at least a blueprint there. And, you know, it's just you just gotta get in the postseason, man. Like it, we literally saw that last year. Just the Dimebacks and the, the Rangers both got in and they just made it happen. Sure, no doubt. So what I'm saying in a way is not really true. Like, you just kind of have to make the playoffs and, and see what happens. But, uh, I, you know, still thinking about giving but yourself you, the best odds. And I uh, do agree with you, though, Donnie, that, like, you, yeah. you can't just, like, like the team of 2020 was probably our best shot, like, at, at a World Series. And 21, obviously, I don't think we would have gotten anywhere close. Last year, right. I agree, just didn't have the pitching. But this year, like, we're, we're definitely building our way back up there. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, what is is there an over under set on our our win total? I think I saw maybe like seventy five, seventy six somewhere in there. Oh, should we uh, should we uh, like get some extra free donations from the bookmakers again? After we did it last year, <laughs> raid the bookmakers. Yeah, so we we all uh, we all took the over on what like sixty five wins last year. I know it's probably a little early to really be thinking about that. I think we made our bets in 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 March, I believe last year i put uh, i put my my bet was 80 or more games and i tell you what guys that was a lot of fun like win that much money but like i will <laughs> probably never do that again in my life because i made the last two weeks of the baseball season absolute hell like it made it not fun to watch because i was sitting on the edge of my seat like every day like oh my god these guys are gonna blow it and i'm gonna be out well, money. And there, these, was these point, bastards. <laughs> there was a point where 80 weights seemed like a no-brainer and then we uh you know things changed a little bit but uh then we, okay, then yeah. we, we won 12 games in a row. 
Yeah. Save the season a little bit. Oh, wait, no, this is last year. I'm sorry. Um, oh, this is a AI site, so never mind. Sure. I'll keep looking, but yeah. No, I, I think I saw somewhere that it was going to be like 76 and a half or something was our expected win total. Uh, obviously, I would take it over there. So, but uh, what I'm getting guys, way too early. You know, it's still January, or it's just not January. We got, you know, pitchers and catchers are still a month away. Uh, what is your way too early win total projection? Is this a is this a ninety win team? I, I think this is a ninety win ball club, boys. I got a feeling. I got a, if, if the sophomores don't slump and they keep playing ball like they did last year, and they can rip off like twelve games in a row this season. Hell, why not win ninety games? I I just like I said, I I'm reticent to do ninety yet, just because. I, I just feel like if they had had one more bat or maybe like mm-hmm. that one top line starter, I'm fine with them not giving up prospects for that guy, but maybe if they had one more dude. Well, you know, I Steve, what be... I'll say, uh, you know, we're, we're, I, I mentioned we kind of are treating this offseason like it's, it's win now time, but it really isn't. We have a few more years at least with most of these guys. Uh, pretty much all the guys that matter, we have at least four seasons left with at least, you know, so. Uh, it doesn't have to be this year. It could be, this could still be another build year. Uh, this definitely needs to be a playoff year. These team, this team needs playoff experience. Uh, and if, it, if that means win 86 games, uh, you know, and, and get some wild card experience and uh, compete in a division round, great. Uh, but if the team does keep taking steps forward and we spend even more money next year, we still aren't going to have more than a few important guys that are uh, even in arbitration. So, this doesn't have to be the go for it year. And it's nice in that sense that it's uh we did get rid of anybody. It can continue to be a get guys experience year. And if we rip off an insane amount of wins and it's time to just like add a couple more pieces at the deadline and go for it then. Uh, hey, that's also great. I will say this though. I think the Reds can win the division this year. My take on this podcast for about five years now is that our division has been cheeks for the longest time. And as long as the Cubs decide to spend money recklessly or not at all, and no, like, and we both know that the Brewers and Pirates really aren't going to do much. So unless they really just annoy us with a couple guys this year, um, I just well, think Brewers were pretty Reds... annoying last year, to be fair. Yeah, God but damn, I, you cannot I, beat them. Yeah, but um, they they traded away uh, Tyrone Taylor, and that was like the guy that always seemed to beat yeah. us. So if you trade away one, one Reds killer, I'm sure another one will appear, but. But you're right. Yeah, they still have all the. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe they still will trade Burns and Adamas before spring training starts. Like we still, mm-hmm. we're kind of in a weird lull where teams have not really done much yet. I don't really know who's the next big free agent to sign, but it was thought that after Yamamoto that people would start making moves. Yeah, still really hasn't been much done. Even Otani kind of happened late. That that held things up. The Dodgers getting Dodgers, of course, rich getting richer there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Although that brings up the point, though, that what I'm what I'm not getting at is, you know, the Reds need to be able to be as good as the Dodgers, uh, and not just like hope they luck into winning a series. I don't know that yeah. doesn't, but uh, that's high expectations, of course. But well, they played they played the Phillies twice in the month of April to start the season off, so I think there's a mm-hmm. good measuring stick. Two good measuring, obviously the, the measuring stick series right there early on. Yeah, I haven't looked at how the schedule breaks down. We can of course do that 
more as we get closer. So, in, in fact, I, don't, I really don't want to get into the weeds now. But, uh, we, man, we we loved the good schedule talk last year. It was just get to September, get to September. Uh, it turns out that didn't really work in our favor either. But um, so it's only always always fun to do on paper. But man, the game of baseball is so ra- so random sometimes. I will say the first three series of the year against NL East teams. How about that? Okay. Well, oh, and we got I'm, the Nationals first series, and they swept us last yeah. year. So, <laughs> got to come out hot. <laughs> Nationals, Phillies, Mets, and then the Brewers. Nice. So. The final mm-hmm. piece of the final kind of thing I wanted to make sure we cover is Joey Vada. Uh, still a free agent. Uh, the Reds did not sign him. Doesn't seem like they're going to, uh, unless Vado still is just trying to find somewhere he can get more a promise of more playing time, and then could maybe come back to the Reds if as a as a bench bat. Uh, do you guys think that's possible? I think the signing of Candelaria shows what the Reds are going to do with Joey Vado, and that is not resign him. That is my personal opinion. Uh, I would like to see Joey Vado back in a Reds uniform for this season. Give him the farewell <laughs> tour he deserves. Um, but I think with the team kind of overperforming last year, that kind of tipped ownerships and management's hand. And I think there's no room left for Joey Votto on this team, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah, just unfortunate, man. Like so many good memories, so many good years. Uh, just a, a great dude. People always say good things about him. Uh, just like the, he's that type of dude that you want wearing your team's jersey for 17 straight years. And I, I don't think he's coming back, unfortunately. Um, honestly, I might uh, go by a... Uh, uh, <laughs> have you guys seen the team? I spoke about the uh, the Dimebacks. Uh, they, they got Suarez, they got Tucker Barnhart, and they got Kevin Newman. And man, one last puzzle piece would be uh, signing Joey Votto. So if yeah. that happens, I will definitely go out there and support my boy. But I, I, Donnie, I, I don't think they will, just because it seems like they... If they're not going to give that time to Candelario, they want to give that time to uh, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand or India, whoever is, or maybe Steer, whoever is needed to play first base. And um, unless he's like unsigned halfway through the year, we go through a couple injuries and we're like, hey, you want to come play? So that's, that's, that's what I was going to suggest next. Like if he, you know, being 40 years old, if he doesn't start the season with a team, I mean, rationally, he should just retire. But is he going to like be like, no, 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 I'm still a free agent. Like, uh, and in that case, sure, if we have some injury problems, uh, I would absolutely say go get him. Uh, and to before, I, I wasn't saying that he would ever come back, you know, as the team currently sits with without injury problems as like an everyday player. That's the whole reason we didn't we we didn't uh, you know go for his option. Uh, but even just as like the last guy off the bench, start like twice a week or something. Uh, they could end up doing that before the season starts, but I'd be surprised. I thought maybe he would have a shot to go play with the Blue Jays. Uh, who was the guy they didn't re-sign that basically had that role? Uh, there was a DH first baseman they had. He was in his mid thirties. Uh, man, I'm oh, uh, I, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt. I'm in football mode. I can't think of any of these baseball players. Uh, I'm not a deep. Baseball nerd, you told like us to be. not mention a certain game to you, um, and uh, I I use him on that certain game. So. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, anyway, 
I think realistically they could bring Votto back if they were to trade Encarnacion and Strand, but they'd have to trade him one of those packages for one of those big pitchers we were talking about. But his, his name was thrown around a lot in those in those kind of deal ideas. Uh, so who knows? There could still be a trade that happens with some infielders. Uh, India, of course, is still probably being shopped. Uh, and that could happen midseason. Who knows? Could you, yeah. Would you guys see Votto taking a minor league deal with some random team? You know, I, I, I couldn't personally. Though. I think he still wants to play at the highest level. I think he's just wired that well, way. Well, I mean, but like a minor league deal, because it's a minor league deal with an invite to spring training kind of deal, go out and have a great spring training and you earn a roster spot or even start the year at AAA, earn a call up. Like, yeah. he shouldn't, realistically, that's the kind of thing a journeyman 32 year old does, not a four year old with a Hall of Fame career. I think he's he's got the, uh, Ichiro Suzuki or the Manny Ramirez problem or something where he's just like, he can't not be playing baseball. He'll just like die once he can't play baseball. Uh, and he wants to do that in the MLB, unlike those guys who kind of went back to other leagues when they retired. Yarmir uh, Yager. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to see him like taking a minor league deal. I think that's just silly. But I, yeah. but I think that's silly. But I think he's He's not wired that way. I think there's a chance he would take a minor league deal, which is crazy considering he's a Hall of Famer, but he just wants to play baseball so badly. Yeah. So. I, maybe if he were to like sign, like you said, with the Blue Jays or uh, with my uh, local team here, the D-backs, I, I don't really think he would opt for a lesser deal. Um, like, I, I feel like he's just kind of going to wait out and um, try and skip spring training and then First time a first baseman goes down, un- unfortunately, he's going to try and just be waiting in the wings saying, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Just let me know. And man, like that would, that would hurt to see him play on another team. It would just be weird, but I think it's probably in their long-term best interest. And then to not, you know, add an additional 20, like, you know, if Candelario does something that like is really good this year, or if um, say, you know, like, Mikey Matas does really well this year. That's basically the same money that you would have spent on Joey Votto that you allocated to a different player that was able to help you more than Votto would. And that again hurts me to say, but I do think that there is a there's a chance that 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 money that you know obviously the Reds did spend some money this offseason, but if you're going to spend twenty million for Joey or sixteen million for a guy who may be able to help you a little bit more, I think I'd rather them spend that on a guy who can help you more today. I agree with that. 100%. Dare I say he becomes dare I say he becomes the baseball version of Joe Flacco. <laughs> Hanging out at home no, I, hitting balls in the cage with the local guys and then the first baseman goes it. down and then he just comes in off the couch and just starts tearing the league up. Yawning on the bench. I yes. think that would be that would be great content. And and I as <laughs> as weird as it would be like I, I definitely don't think it's like sad to think about Vado playing for another team because I know he's a Cincinnati guy through and through and that'll never change. Uh there's so many there've been so many like legends in pretty much every sport that like you forget they played like one season for at the end of their career. And people always love posting those pictures of like remember when this guy wore this jersey and it was like holy crap, I forgot he played on that team. Uh I, I would love to I would love to see him playing for some random ass team just for the memes. Like Vado on like the Marlins or something, just like kind of. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean Vado's a South Beach guy. I I kind of like that. You know, he's got a Ferrari. <laughs> he's like he'd be, he'd be he'd be good for that. Maybe he spends his off season playing chess in Canada. 
Eh, that's true. Yeah, and I just I think I he wore that wore that white fedora one time. I was like, sure. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, I I do want him to be on that mashup now though, Don, because I, I know what you're, like the meme you're talking about is like yeah. MCU after Infinity War. And it's like Michael Jordan <laughs> on the Wizards and Patrick Ewing yeah. on the Magic, like, <laughs> that stuff. Yeah, that'd be great. Jerry Rice and the Seahawks. Yeah, all told, there are a lot of there are a lot of great Reds related storylines we'll have to keep track of over the next year. Um, and I'm looking forward to get back into it. It's been a little couple months since we came to you, and uh, probably a month and a half or two months we'll, we'll get back into it during spring as spring training ramps up and talk about the season. I'm sure there's going to be Palisade some versus Honda Pilot. Look what Palisade is. And what Pilot doesn't. On Baseball Reference. Uh, Happy Honda that, Days, boys. But, uh, yeah, Honda's trying to get me to buy cars through baseball reference. That's fun. Uh, so anyway. I'm a Toyota Thon man, personally. You know, I, I've lived in Cincinnati for, and this is, I'm going into my fourth, basically it'll be the fourth baseball season that I've lived in Cincinnati for part of. I moved back during the 2020, I moved back during the 2020 season, although you can go to any games at that point, of course. Uh, but I am looking forward to getting back down there. Last year was the most games I went to since I had moved back. Probably the most games of any season I'd gone to in my entire life, I think. Uh, and I'm looking forward to going even more this year. Uh, I think we're kind of done with that whole nonsense about uh, the protest and, and not going to games just to stick it to Bob. Uh, winning cures all a little bit. And we had a really fun team last year. I think people kind of forgot about all that nonsense with the owners. Uh, which I'm sure Phil Castellini is very relieved by, uh, and hopefully he doesn't put his foot in his mouth again. But I am excited about supporting the city, supporting the team again. Uh, I'm going to go to as many games as I can. Realistically, Rob, I'm always down to go with you. Uh, Steve, always. when you're in town. And, uh, we are, it should we be are going to one. We're all, all going sure. to be going together when we celebrate Steve. So that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun season, boys. 2024 is our Can't year. Wait. Yeah. That's Can't right. wait for opening day. Can't wait for opening day. Can't wait to be down at the banks celebrating with the city and the all the expectations that this season's gonna bring. I'm just looking forward Absolutely. to being able to go to a couple spring training games, uh, be with you guys in spirit on opening day, and then like I said, come uh, I'm gotta come back a couple times before the wedding, so who knows? Maybe we'll get it get to another ball game. Damn straight. All right, boys. This has been fun. Good catching up with you. Uh, hey, it's twenty twenty four. This is our year. Uh, go Red Legs. Sorry, go Reds, baby. let's go.